good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagita, all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Uh, we discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Native issues, Haley, are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. You're right, Dega. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring, honoring health and tradition. Yes, they do. Hey, we got Wendy in the house here. Hey, how's it going, Wendy? Whoop, whoop. Oh, just I, I, yeah, I'm in the house, <laughs> but my microphone's not on. <laughs> yeah. Hey, welcome back. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be back. Yes, uh, so a lot of things happening, uh, warm weather and uh, all the coasts, fires, but you got our sacred uh, animal section. In it. Are you doing a I fun do. facts or what are you going to do tonight? I'm going to be talking about a specific bird that hasn't been seen in Wisconsin since 1845 and it's back. Oh, a bird. Yeah. That isn't like a football team or something they haven't had, right? Mm, exactly. <laughs> yeah, cool. And uh, well, we got Dr. Stately on in a little bit here too. And uh we're going to be talking to Dr. Stately. A lot going on in Indian country, and uh, it's great to have you on live again. Uh, I just got to bring up a quick uh, thing for our friend Heather Keeler, Wendy. Mm -hmm. And Heather has this uh, fundraiser that she's going to be doing tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, August 8th, from 4.30 to 6.30 p.m., the Black Heart of St. Paul on 1415 University Avenue, and that's really close to us in St. Paul, and she's going to be doing a fundraiser. So we are really excited and want to support her and let everyone know. Yeah, and the fundraiser is for Heather Keeler, Minnesota House District 4A. Right, and, and it's great because uh, progressive values, and that's, that's hit her up and... Uh, put some money in the coffer so she can run again because darn you know wendy it's really hard always to just always constantly be campaigning with just a two-year uh two-year uh, length of your term yeah that must be just unbelievable because once you get going and work and do your thing you got to run again and campaign again and campaigning takes a lot of energy and time and you want to work um, and do stuff and get stuff done, but you're busy campaigning. So, right. yeah. And, you know, it, it's hard, too, because that takes away these guys aren't full-time, even though it mm -hmm. seems like they're full-time, but they're not full-time, and that means they don't have a full-time wage. Right. And they really don't make that much money, So, and they're serving us. So it's, a, it's a, a thing that you have to do out of love for mm -hmm. your community. Absolutely. It is a labor of love, definitely, without a doubt. Right on. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we got Dr. Stately coming on, and uh, I wonder what we should ask him, Wendy. What are you thinking? Uh, <laughs> I, I have know, no idea. <laughs> I know that I've seen in the newspaper, in the news, that there is an uptake again of COVID. Yeah, I did see that as well. It's a new variant, and uh, it is out there. Um, we're lucky, though, uh, it's not causing, you know, deaths like it used to. And right. people are have a lot of natural immunity and a lot of people have gotten their vaccinations and their boosters. So right. we need to get those. Just a reminder of people, um, if you're eligible, get that booster. It's not too late. Yeah, exactly. And, it, you know, I guess they're having another booster when, and we mm -hmm. can talk to Dr. State Lead about what he knows about that. Yeah. Uh, but that's coming up uh Mm -hmm. I think in the fall, I heard. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I haven't been keeping up. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm retired now, right. so I'm like... Uh, Should we watch kinda... the news tonight or not? No. Nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Should I read about the news? Nah. nah. You know what? Sometimes <laughs> ignorance is bliss, I have to say. A lot of times watching the news, seeing what's happening, what's going on in politics and, you know, the heat waves and the fires and just hearing all of that, I'm telling 
telling you, it brings me down. It really does. So sometimes um, I just take a week off and I just do not watch any news. I don't read anything. I just, if I see anything on my social media, I just scroll right by it and I just don't want to know. I just want to be ignorant. Well, and you know, it's taxing. And that's why in Native Roots Radio, it's fun where you don't do fun facts mm-hmm. on Friday, you know, yep. on Fridays for our animals. And a lot of times are really funny and also really educational. Yeah. And, and you have to get away from it. You know, we yeah. have musicians on here. It isn't all political and pipelines mm-hmm. and yeah. and we try to mix it up here. I love when we have, um, and you have guests that are like authors that yeah. write books, who are musicians, like you said, who uh, are in the movies. I mean, you've had people on from Reservation Dogs. So yeah. I love when you have all that. And when you were at Twins, Twins uh, Stadium, yeah, you and Haley were there and you talked to Dan Gladden. That was really <laughs> exciting too. Do you remember? So it's fun to mix it up. <laughs> we were coming back from the Hall of Fame and Dan Gladden, we were talking to Dan Gladden, we were on the same flight and we yeah. almost missed the flight because I we, know, were talking we were out intensely. there chit- we were out there chit chatting and I think that they just changed our gate like one once uh gate over. It wasn't like, right. you know, a different area, but it was like one gate over and we were just yeah, like you said. Somebody came up to us and said, are you on flight, blah, blah, blah? And we go, yeah, yeah we like, look, and we look, and there's no one sitting. <laughs> we were the last ones on the plane. But he had a great story, and uh, what a class act. You had a chance to hear the Yeah, interview. remind our audience who Dan Gladden is. Dan Gladden played for the Minnesota Twins and is the Minnesota announcer on the radio, the radio announcer for the past 20 years, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Yeah. And uh He's a 1987-91 World Series uh, champion, mm-hmm. so and Twins Hall of Famer. So yeah. that was really fun. And Haley will be scheduling us out there again real soon. Maybe we can get Doc. Dr. Stately to come out to a Twins game with us and uh, hang out. Oh, there's Dr. Stately. How's it going? Oh, Who are you? How are you? Did you notice he was waving, Wendy? He must be tired because this is a radio show, Dr. Stately. No one saw that wave. hey we're just uh getting ready we're prepping here live uh with questions that uh wendy and i and Haley are gonna ask you so uh yeah wendy's ready no i'm just kidding but we were just talking i heard heard your comment about the twin show and i will tell you that like you know i'm a died in the wool hockey fan Mm -hmm. hockey dad so yeah like, and I think I told you the story about how I went to a Twins game and I was so incredibly bored. Like, because you can, you know, because <clears throat> you can only really, like, you can only watch so much paint dry after, um, before it gets really boring. And well, you can only Stately, eat so many hot dogs, too. Dr. Stately, you remember that old Rodney Dangerfield line? He was like, hey, I was at a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. Oh, you don't remember that one? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. to be pretty that old to remember yeah. that or who rodney dangerfield is right exactly barely probably half of the listening audience doesn't even know who that person is exactly oh, hey. he's been gone for like 20 years now so hey uh, <laughs> he lives on youtube <laughs> robert needs movies. new material i tell <laughs> him all the time yeah yeah, yeah. He's the, you know, Doc- the, i got no res- i get no respect guy Okay. Dr. Stately today got a, a, a little whiff of my old material again. He didn't laugh, but other people did oh, today. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's like, he. <laughs> that yeah. was fun. That was, uh, that, was, that was a fun day, actually, yeah. So, yeah. Hey, uh, too. He took me to lunch. Thank you. Lunch. Yeah. Well, thank you for spending time and, uh, and doing what you did. we got a minute left here, but we're going to quiz you a little bit because we've heard there's a little uptake of COVID coming up and maybe you can help us. And uh, we also talked a little bit about the possibility of another vaccine this uh, spring and see what you've heard. So hold on to that thought. We, uh, unlike that favorite radio station you listen to, we have to pay the bills. We have to have a, have some commercials here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and it's it's old home week here. Wendy's here with Dr. Stately, and Dr. Stately and Haley and I will be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Oh.
If the statistics say that one in three Native women and one in six Native men have experienced sexual assault in their lifetime, it means our whole community is affected by sexual violence. One is too many. Don't stand by, stand up. Don't engage in acts of sexual violence and shut down the dirty jokes, the gossip, the victim blaming and shaming. As a community, we can change the way we respond. Contact the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition to attend a workshop to learn more. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. I'm little teapot, short and stout. Here is my handle and here is my spout. No, that like this. When I get all steamed up, then I shout. Tip me over and pour me out. <laughs> this is WWE superstar Roman Reigns. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Be a vaccinative. It's time to come together and talk about the urgent need to stay up to date on COVID-19 vaccinations to protect our heritage, our loved ones, and our future. Throughout history, we have always faced challenges, and today we must protect our culture and loved ones. This is our opportunity to ensure that our tribal gatherings once again resound with joy and celebration, where the echoes of our ancestors guide our steps. It's a chance to care for our elders, cherishing their wisdom and stories for generations to come. COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. Let us unite, resilient as ever, and show the world the strength of the Native American community. Together, we shape a future where our traditions thrive, our children learn from our ancestors, and our people flourish once more. So be a vaccinative and learn more about staying up to date with your COVID vaccinations at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by St. Paul Public Schools, now giving out signing bonuses. Check them out at SPPS.org. Yes, uh, I work for St. Paul Public Schools and uh, it's a great place to work. And, uh, you know, up to $10,000, Wendy, they're giving out for signing bonuses. So, bonuses, so uh, rev up and, you know, I'm seeing Halloween stuff out there, and school must be right around the corner. Yeah, it comes quick. That's right. And Dr. Stately should know because he has two young ones, and uh, <laughs> school's coming up. Hey, Dr. Stately, uh, CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, on on the Franklin Corridor. And uh, we're really excited always to have you aboard here and talk about you know, just a conversation, what's happening medically, what's happening on the, uh, the on the avenue. And also, you have a lot of knowledge, uh, background knowledge of a lot of things Native over the past uh, 60 years. So we really appreciate our conversations. <clears throat> the past 60 years? I am only 60 years old. I didn't really have a whole <laughs> lot of knowledge about health um, well, until I, heard I was you... about three or four. Well, I heard you've read, you know, you're an avid but reader. Then, yeah, I do. Yeah, I am an avid reader. But my own lived experience of health in the early days really were like mud pies and stuff like that. So, And it turns out eating mud pies when you're one or two or three years old probably really actually does help your immune system a lot. Well, it got you ready for my where sister you're who I for My sister who I force-fed mud pies to because I, you know, I mm. took such meticulous care making them. I insisted that she would eat them, and if she didn't participate, I would encourage her to do it. <laughs> yeah. She got a lot of. And she, yeah, and she almost, yeah, yeah, and she almost never got sick. So yeah, that's correlation yeah. there. That's, anyway. that's what Wendy said. A lot of B twelve there in those mud pies. Yep, a lot of B twelve. Yep, yep. And a few like you know probably all kinds of other things that you know, she didn't really need, but you know she might have benefited from. Or iron, too. Um, but, yeah, iron for sure. Like it was like I think you know, there might have been some arsenic in there too because I lived in we lived in the projects, so that's the uh. other thing that might have been there. Yeah, some bad stuff. But um, you asked a question about COVID, like 
um, before we went to break. And so I did a little boning up on the thing. Um, here's the thing is like, I think, you know, like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, I think um, like there's a general perception, I think, you know, across much of um, for sure. I think the developed world, you know, like can certainly consider the, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, the United States, part of the developed world. There's this sort of like prevailing sort of perception, I think, for lots of people that the pandemic is over. People have actually even used that word, like the pandemic is over because things that have happened recently within the last like month have been things like the, um, the declaration of emergency, uh, public health emergency um, ended which meant that a whole lot of things shifted and changed resources um, from the federal government and also from the state probably um, came to an end. You know, people had, you know, all kinds of things changed because of that, the ending of that emergency declaration. So I think that there's a difference, I think, also between like public health emergency and public health crisis. Those things aren't the same. Mm. Um, and the impact that the pandemic had on healthcare writ large across the United States and across the world has been, you know, um, just significant and un, un, unyielding, right? That so many people have left healthcare that it has left our, a lot of our health systems really challenged to meet like the everyday challenge of sort of operating um, health systems, mine included, um, with fully staffed with medical staff who can um, help with addressing chronic care, chronic diseases, things that we didn't pay attention to over the last several years. So there's still that crisis part that's related to that, which is sort of kind of the aftermath of living through a pandemic of the size and magnitude of that particular pandemic. Um, and it is probably not not untrue that this has been the largest and most impactful pandemic that our modern world has ever seen, right? Um, it far out surpasses the, the impact of like the, um, you know, the influenza um, really? pandemic of the early 1900s. Oh yeah. In terms wow. of the scale of, um, of, of loss of life and damage to um, um, infrastructure, like, you know, the loss of, and just the, the the scale of the impact is, um, you know, un, unimaginable compared to some of those other things. So that's important to recognize. And then I think the other thing is just boots on the ground is to recognize a couple different things that, you know, in the month of July of, so just in this last month, which we just finished, um, there was about a 10.3% increase in weekly COVID hospitalizations, um, hospitalization admissions, so around 7,100 or so of them um, in the United States. And that suggests that we're still in the, still in the midst of a public health challenge, right? Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I want people to think about that. That's like, you know, a 10.3% 10 increase is not insignificant. Um, mm. You know, it's, uh, if it, <laughs> one way of um, thinking about that is, it's com probably comparing apples to oranges Quite frankly, as a scientist, I would never sort of say that this is an accurate um, comparison, but, you know, like our inflation rate is lower than that. Um, mm. And so is, you know, the cost of living adjustment. So I think part of that is, is like recognizing that these aren't, these are, these are still significant numbers. Mm. And um, I don't think there, um, I don't think that anybody suspected or um, assumed that there would be no new infections and that there would be no new hospitalizations when the public health emergency um, rescinded. Um, but um, what is important is to recognize that there's there as long as new infections continue to happen, um, there will be you know strains and variants of this specific virus for a while. Mm. Um, that. And I think that what we're seeing now, even um, with all of the vaccines that have been um, gotten um, across the um, the um, the um, developed world, um, 
is that um, there are still vulnerable people who have the elderly, people who have immunocompromised immune systems and a few other things that are still quite vulnerable to um, getting COVID and, and, um, and um, the potential and the risk for, um, you know, um, mortality is great still. So just kind of like remembering to like, you know, engage in good practices when you're doing things like traveling out of the country, when you're in close proximity with large groups of people, when you are among people who might be in those specific categories that doing things like wearing a face mask, if you're, especially if you're not feeling well, have a cough, you have a fever, those kinds of things. Staying home when you're sick, those are all really wise things to do. And that's a really important part of contributing to the greater good. And also to the trans contributing to the lack of transmission of the virus. Remembering that every time it skips a host, it has an opportunity to transmute. Wow. And then I think part of the thing I think that's coming down the pike for like the fall is like there is the re the reality is is that you know like we remember last year like when people took off their face masks we saw a significant uptick uptick in um, flu and influenza and, mm -hmm. um, and during that period of time because and that was because we were not in each other's space for a long time and we we're not breathing each other's air and sharing germs because of face masks and. It, social distancing and a few other things and that has changed over the last several months right mm -hmm. and so the likelihood that we will be doing things like seeing an uptick in influenza um a and b um is quite likely and then we also had a big huge challenge with rsv last fall if you remember in the early winter wow. um people are now um encouraging folks pediatricians um family physicians are encouraged people to get like um what's called the the the, the triple vaccine the trifecta vaccine which is like get a get a especially if you are in the area of some of those more vulnerable populations elderly immunocompromised you might have some already some lung issues those kinds of things because all three of those things attack the ability your lungs and your ability to actually breathe and breathe and um and um that would be get a influenza vaccine when it becomes available and it should be coming out very soon um get a updated covid um, 19 booster um they actually um i'm not sure about this but i think they've come out with a recent non-mrna uh, vaccine but i'm not really boned up on that so i won't talk too much about that and then um they just um uh released or approved the fda approved rsv vaccine so respiratory virus vaccine um which seemed to be really critical for young children and elderly people um we're particularly vulnerable to rsv um young people are vulnerable to rsv because they have very tiny lungs and very tiny um air pathways and RSV it causes those pathways to um, inflame and become um, inflamed which limits their ability to breathe so encouraging yeah. people to do those things that's amazing I, I'd really like Wendy to tell her story because I'm still running into people that won't take the flu shot and don't know how important it is and Wendy kind of not set it straight but really explained it in a good way maybe you can do that in the beginning of the next segment because I really want to Remind everyone about these vaccines when. Sure. All right. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, uh, Native American community, you know, uh, clinic. You know, I, and Wendy's laughing over here because we got so many Native Americans on this show. I just get confused. Hey, we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. Oh. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live and, and let, let howl. howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. 
City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. In this critical time for Indian country, voting is crucial to protecting the land, water, and communities. Voting creates collective power in securing our planet's future amid climate chaos. Engage in personal conversations with loved ones to ensure they are making informed voting choices. Register to vote. And don't forget that 16- and 17-year-olds can pre-register to vote in Minnesota. NACTI is asking us to stand together and make voting a tradition. Go to NACTI.org to learn more and make your pledge to vote. Your neighbors are talking about the Blue Line Extension, connecting North Minneapolis, Crystal, Robbinsdale, and Brooklyn Park to the light rail transit system. I feel like a lot of times people, when they think about transit, it's like, well, it's a bus, it's a train, it's whatever. But it, it really isn't. It's a lifeline for many communities, and it feels like something that we really need here. Hear more of this story and others at yourblueline.org. As we emerge from the shadows of the pandemic, let us celebrate our resilience and embrace the path to a brighter future. While the COVID-19 emergency declaration may be over, our commitment to safety remains stronger than ever. We invite you to stand tall and protect what matters most, our health and the well-being of our loved ones and elders. The power to keep our community safe lies within each one of us. It's important to remember the basics when you're with someone who might be at risk of COVID complications. Wear your mask, wash your hands often, and take an at-home COVID test if you have any symptoms. We are a strong and interconnected community, and together we'll emerge from this challenge stronger than ever. Stay safe, stay healthy, and keep the spirit of our Native American culture thriving. Find more tips on continuing to be safe at health.state.mn.us. That's health.state.mn.us. This message is brought to you in partnership with the Minnesota Department of Health. Metro Transit is proud to offer the free use of IRA for transit trips, an app that connects blind and low vision customers to a live agent for navigation assistance. IRA can help you determine your location, read schedules, find your next transfer, navigate stations and platforms, and general trip planning, and is now available in Spanish. Learn more and download the app at AIRA.io. That's AIRA.io. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 63, then sunshine Tuesday with a high of 86. Scotch Mama's Hot Barbecue offers the huge taste of selections like baby back ribs and pulled pork sandwiches out of a little place. Scotch Mama's is located just a block west of I-35W off of West Diamond Lake Road in South Minneapolis. Visit their website at scotchamamas.com. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Yes, great work they've done for so many years and uh, with us for so long, Wendy, uh, one of our first sponsors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Wendy, so uh, uh, I, I don't mind if you could just tell a quick uh, overview of what you told me and it really made sense about uh, getting a flu shot. I was like, oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. Well, I hear every year people who say, oh, I've never gotten the flu shot and I've never gotten sick. Well, you know what? That's great. And you're really, really lucky. Yeah. But here's the thing, when they when they develop the flu shot every year, they're kind of guessing about which flu bug is going to be around, right? They're different strains and variants of the flu. So they they kind of guess at it and they make the flu shot um, with past history and what they really think is going to be hitting us this year. So sometimes when they do make the flu shot, it gives very little protection, sometimes only 30% protection against the flu, and people kind of poo-hoo that. But here's the thing. If you get the flu shot every year, it may not help you this particular year, but it might help you next year and the year after and the year after. And the more years you get this flu shot, the more you are building up immunity to future 
uh, variants and flu bugs. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention is to, like Dr. Stately said earlier with the COVID and with, with the flu, the elderly and the very young are very susceptible to the flu. So if you have family members or little ones who are vulnerable, you want to get the flu, not for yourself. Mm -hmm. You'll get it for other people, for the greater good. So I recommend the flu shot every year, and I always get mine. And I knock on wood, I have not been sick from the flu, but I don't do it just for myself. I do it because I'm around little children. I do it, be, you know, I'm around elderly people. So that's why I get the flu shot. Yeah, and that really convinced me, Dr. Stately. Uh, it was really logical, and I'm sure Wendy has told me that before. It hit, hit, hit home because, yeah. you know, I have selective hearing at times, right, Wendy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very responsible of her. She lives with an elder. She should do a good job of taking care of it. Um, <laughs> um, but I was going to say, like, one thing I was going to say really quickly, too, is, like, I want to just really ensure our audience that's listening because <laughs> I'm a scientist as well. So I was like, we, we do a little more than just guess. We actually sort of like, we use information about. Yes, like, using <laughs> information from past. Yes, absolutely. From past they experience, kinda, but also what we're seeing happening in the other when they do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, kind of like I mean, they're, 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 they're using like deduction, reasoning, and deduction too. But they also look at things like what are happening on the other other hemispheres, right? So mm -hmm. there's the thing is like you know I have a good friend of mine who just went to New Zealand, and it's guess what? It's nice and balmy here in summertime in Minnesota and the United States, and or in the northern part of the hemisphere of the world. And down in the southern hemisphere, it is winter time there. It's cold as buckets, and um, and Take she and her family got influenza A. She thought she was gonna. She was like, I thought I was gonna die. She went and got tested to make sure she didn't have COVID, but she was like so um, down for the mm. count. And she said, um, if that's any um, any um, prediction for like what the flu season is going to be like here in the United States this coming year is that is people are not going to want this. She said she was like, they were all her and her whole family. They were, you know, they had it coming out of both ends and they were like in pain and they were like just oh. joint pain and high fevers and all kinds of stuff. So I think part of that is we always look, we look to like what's happening in other parts of the world that are currently having flu season. Mm -hmm. And we try to, do our best to um, predict what's likely to happen, what strain is out there, and we pull on some of that information as well. So we do so, we do a little bit better of a job than just guessing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, Doctor Stacey, what what you're saying to our uh, flat earthers uh, that there is winter on the other side of the it, the Earth is round. Not flat. Are yes. there still people that are flat earthers out there? Well, they listen to Joe Rogan, and uh, that's a long story in another show. Oh, Lordy, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if you are a flat earther, you know, um, yeah, it's eventually going to get here, whether the earth is round or not. So I don't think <laughs> the viruses know the difference between, like, you know, circumnavigation and just a straight, you know, a straight line, quite frankly. I'm not sure. <laughs> Well, that's a good I point. And, I'm not an amoeba. <laughs> well, that, those are really good points. And uh, what I always want to uh, talk to you about, too, because of our connection, but also uh, our past history, is that while COVID and things were going on, um, drug addiction and uh, fentanyl were doing push-ups in the parking lot. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, they were spotting each other, actually. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think yes so we are like you know we've seen a significant like I think the last year over year I think last year 2022 we had some of the highest rates of overdoses that we've ever seen like something just and then the, in the state of Minnesota I think it was right around 1100 1200 something like that um, and that's a record-breaking number of overdose deaths um, Sadly, a couple of my own relatives passed away in those last couple of years um, during that time. Mm. Um, I also lost a few relatives to things like chronic disease, like my cousin's, I think we, I talked about this before in the show, my cousin's liver cancer came back and she hadn't been, she hadn't detected it. She hadn't been to see their, 
her regular, um, her oncologist or her regular primary care doctor for a few years during, during COVID, I think probably about two and a half years. <clears throat> and she went into the hospital. She woke up one day and she couldn't feel her legs and she couldn't move her legs in the bottom part of her body. And she thought it was like something related to like joints or something. She went into the mm-hmm. hospital and they found a mass and she was, she passed, she passed away within seven days of going to the hospital. I think those are things that we want to pay attention to as well as like making sure that we're doing things like catching up on um, chronic care issues that we might not have um, spent time paying attention to over the last couple of years. Um, yeah. You know, like we have some of the lowest vaccination rates in the state of Minnesota for native children, um, which is, um, Whoa. which were in place, which was true before, COVID and then, um, you know, in the years following COVID, it's gotten a little bit worse. And we're seeing vaccines for things like, you know, mumps, measles, um, rubella, um, the things, you know, the things that you need to be able to sort of like, you know, go to school and be in public spaces with other folks. And we've seen this in other areas too, like throughout the United States, like there was an uptick in, there was a measles outbreak, I believe in um, in upstate New York, right? And you'll remember that during the pandemic, there was an outbreak in measles um, and a number of young people died in the state of Minnesota here um, among um, East African communities because people were not vaccinated at all with hmm. measles. So wow. things like those things are really important to just try to remember. It's like if you haven't been to the doctor in a few years because either it's been hard to get in or, you know, um, the impact of COVID, people a lot. Like try, try your best to get your kids and yourself in to get like all of your, um, all of your chronic conditions looked at. Make sure mm-hmm. that you get a well child check and a, um, and a um, physical if you're an adult those kinds of things and just catch up on all those um, medical things that you need to do so that you, that, you know, you'll be around for a while. Right. And if there's something, something afoot, you catch it early because um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of conditions that native people die of more often and more quickly um, than a lot of the rest of the population. And that's because we don't find out about them until, you know, an example would be, you know, we, we have higher rates of mortality in like in cancers and in death uh, and um, in HIV and other kinds of, um, you know, fatal diseases that sort of kind of just, you know, are, are, are cooking underneath the, underneath the, uh, um, the surface for a while. And that's because we don't go in and catch, do surveillance and get those things caught early. Um, like any any condition, you're you're going to do a better job of managing it and controlling it, and possibly also overcoming it if you catch it early and you intervene early. But if you intervene too late, sometimes it's not changeable. The course is not changeable. Yes, and uh, in the last few minutes too here, it, it's uh, we're touching on a lot of things that we have over the couple years, three years that we you've been on the show. Uh, and mental health is one of the things a byproduct of everything you're talking about right now yeah yeah the amount of isolation we went through the amount of loss the the i mean just the scale of loss i don't i don't think i know a person in my personal life and or my professional life that did not lose at least one person during the pandemic if not if not several right Mm -hmm. and the impact of that scale of that loss on ourselves as individuals and as a community is tremendous right so things like, you know, go, go in and talk to somebody. Um, also go to ceremony, talk to an elder. You know, we have um, ceremonies and traditional healing rituals that help us take care of our grief and our loss and our hearts and our souls, right? These are also important things to do. And um, NAC, NAC has a traditional healing program. We offer um, an access to a number of ceremonies in the community fairly often. And we can also talk to elders and residents here. Yeah. yeah, that's huge. And uh, we got like a minute left. And in, um, in honor of Wendy being here uh, in studio today, I just wanted to say she always says, ask Dr. Stately what he wants to talk about. So the floor is yours the last minute and a half here, Dr. Stately. 
and you can talk well, about hockey. I mean, I'm always happy to, I'm, yeah, I'm always happy to talk about health because I think it's like mm-hmm. a big part of what um, orbits my world. But, you know, I'm getting ready. I don't know how many people are getting ready for school. School's like, you know, I get anxious like this time of year. Like if my kids asked me the other day, like, when's school going to start? And I looked at the calendar. I'm like, oh, my God, it starts in four weeks. And they're like, you know, <laughs> they're like oh we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to go shopping, new clothes, new shoes, you know, all the stuff that you got to do. And, and I'm like, I got to schedule your dental appointment. I got to do this. I got to like all stuff that I can't accomplish when they're in school because they're just too busy and hockey right. season takes off. So I just encourage people like NAC has a kids day event coming up on, um, on the, on the 18th, it'll be held in partnership with a lot of folks at Little Earth Residents Association giving out free vax, um, free backpacks and school supplies and a bunch of other things and fun activities. But we're also going to, you know, sign you up for ball child checks and help you get you know, your kids ready for school. So please wow. come. Hey, Dr. Stately, thank you. And thank you for Native American Community Clinic that does so much for our, our people and you especially. Thanks for stopping in. Right on. Hey, up next to Wendy, uh, we're going to be talking our sacred animal section here live. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Life after military service is different. Many veterans find transitioning difficult, feeling lost and uncertain about the future. These feelings don't take away from a veteran's strength, courage, or sense of duty. If you're a veteran in crisis or no one who is, the power of one person, one connection, one act of compassion can make a difference. For free 24-7 confidential support, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or visit veteranscrisisline.net. Metro Transit is proud to offer the free use of Ira for transit trips, an app that connects blind and low-vision customers to a live agent for navigation assistance. Ira can help you determine your location, read schedules, find your next transfer, navigate stations and platforms, and general trip planning, and is now available in Spanish. Learn more and download the app at aira.io. That's A-I-R-A dot I-O. In this critical time for Indian country, voting is crucial to protecting the land, water, and communities. Voting creates collective power in securing our planet's future amid climate chaos. Engage in personal conversations with loved ones to ensure they are making informed voting choices. Register to vote. And don't forget that 16- and 17-year-olds can pre-register to vote in Minnesota. NACTI is asking us to stand together and make voting a tradition. Go to NACTI.org to learn more and make your pledge to vote. Hey, this is Robert Pilot. I taught in St. Paul Public Schools for over 25 years, and I want you to join the team and make a difference in our children's future. Right now, St. Paul Public Schools is offering hiring and retention bonuses up to $10,000 for a variety of teaching and classroom support positions for the next school year. Grow in a supportive and fulfilling public school setting. Limited bonuses are available, so don't delay. Apply at SPPS.org slash careers. You're listening to Native Roots Radio. This is Spirit from Reservation Dogs. Get up and listen. Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh. We brought Dr. Stately back on to howl. Thank you, Dr. Stately. <laughs> Thank you. Be <laughs> love, man. Take care. We'll see you. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy's been an animal advocate for many years, and she uh, talks about our sacred animals here on Native Ritz Radio for the past seven years. And, uh, Wendy, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for being live. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. And today, I'm going to be talking about a bird that is that flocked ah, to Green ah. Bay to catch a glimpse. So these birders, birders are all over, and they're coming to Green Bay, Wisconsin, to catch a glimpse of Gulf Coast shorebird 
last seen in Wisconsin in 1845. Wow. Yeah. So this bird was last seen in the state of Wisconsin almost 180 years ago. Logan Lassis, a member of the Bay Area Bird Club, spotted a Rosetta Spoonbill in the Ken Ur's Nature Area in Green Bay on July 26. The Wisconsin Public Radio reported more than 450 people have visited the Nature Area as of Tuesday, James Anderson, Deputy Director of the City of Green Bay Parks and Recreation and Forestry Department, which runs the nature area, told the Associated Press that the bird was last spotted Wednesday evening. He said usually only about a dozen people use the nature area at a time, but that 60 to seven people. Well, 60 to 70 people were in the area looking for the bird at the time. About 40 people were in the nature area when Anderson visited it Thursday morning, he said. The par- the parking lot was full, he said. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, Candy Evans told Wisconsin Public Radio that she and her husband left their home in Door County at 6.30 a.m. to travel to the nature area. It is so interesting because it is just such a distinctive silhouette, Evan said. Now, what it's is It's just what is, a gorgeous bird. What's the name of the bird again? It's called a Roberta Spoonbird? No, it's called a I'm going to lose my spot here, Sorry. but that's okay. I'm going to find it. It's a Rosetta R O S E A T E Rosetta Spoonbill. Yeah. So, um this woman, there are pictures of it on the internet, and the bird, here it is, uh, this is what the people, who, Evans, who left Door County uh, traveled. The bird is pink and resembles a football on short stilts. Six times, six types of spoonbills are found around the world, but only the Rosetta R-O-S-E-A-T-E, is present in North America. It's usually found in the Gulf Coast states and Central and South America. The last time the Rosetta Spoonbill was seen in Wisconsin was in 1845, and that bird was dead. Um, it's, it's unclear how this bird reached Green Bay. Birders and scientists theorize it may have simply gotten lost or blown off, off course by a storm. Co- climate change and mm-hmm. loss of habitat also are for, forcing birds north. You said that, Robert. We talked about that. Look at that. the picture of them. Yeah, it looks, it's kind of like a, a flamingo with shorter legs and a flat Beak. Yeah, it's a very pretty bird. Tom Presby, Wisconsin conservation manager at Autobahn Great Lakes, which works to protect birds across the region, told Wisconsin Public Radio that the bird headed to uh, Eskemba, Michigan, after landing in Green Bay on July 26, but it returned to Green Bay on Saturday. He said he believes the bird may spend several weeks in Green Bay before traveling around the Midwest and eventually returning to the Gulf Coast. Uh, David Drake, a wildlife um, ecology professor at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, said the bird's uh, foray into... Michigan suggests it's exploring. Yeah, his <laughs> advice for birders hoping to see the Rosetta Spoonbill is not to look for the bird, but to look for the hordes of people carrying cameras <laughs> and spotting and spotting scopes. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. That's I've been hearing thing. a lot about that lately, like birds and other um, animals. Um, you know, going where they're not supposed to go or, or show up somewhere where they haven't been in a really long time. But That's uh, a cool-looking bird. It is a cool-looking bird. And there's an otter in Santa Cruz, and it's hassling surfers and stealing <laughs> their boards. Um, oh, I should just say that that was from uh, WCCO News. Uh, uh, here in Minnesota. In Minnesota, r- reporting on that. Yeah, and, cool. and it part also Wisconsin News. Yeah, cool. this is from NPR. I know how you love that. Oh, but Dr. Is, Stately's favorite channel. This is from July 13th, <laughs> 2023 by Dustin Jones. And there's an aggressive sea 
Potter in California, and he's hassling locals and riding boards she stole from sur- surfers in the lineup. Yeah, Streamer Lane is a legendary point break nestled along the rocky shores of Santa Cruz, home to swaths of experienced surfers, as well as a five-year-old female otter with a growing reputation for repeatedly confronting surfers and kayakers. Yeah, videos across social media show the otter hoisting itself out of the ocean and onto boards while surfers sit back in awe. <laughs> yeah, at times she's chewed on the boards or forced surfers to surrender their boards altogether. Yeah, mm. onlookers in the videos can be heard laughing in jest at surfers' mis- misfortune misfortune Mm. but officials with the u.s wild uh u.s fish and wildlife service say the otter poses a public safety risk oh right (laughs) while there i know um while there have been no confirmed reports of injury due to the highly unusual behavior of this otter kayak surfers and others uh, recreating in the area should not approach the otter or encourage the otter's interactions the u.s uh, fish and wildlife said in a statement yeah 60 year old santa cruz na- uh, native and photographer mark woodward said he has photographed hundreds of otters <laughs> over the years but has never seen something like this he's witnessed the otter bully sur- surfers three times in less than a week quote i saw the first incident on june 18th and i didn't know what was happening woodward told npr it was quite astounding the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service said the otter's behavior is concerning and unusual. And, uh, and though the exact cause is unknown, officials said it could be associated with hormonal changes or being fed, or being fed by humans. Mm. Yeah, so the, um, honestly, that is probably something that I would, you know, want to see. Like, could you imagine being on a your surfboard, like sitting there waiting for a wave and an otter like jumps on the board and like forces you off your surfboard wow. <laughs> and then you have to give it up to an otter. I think uh, the animals out are fighting back, Wendy, because they we are. had uh, uh, whales knocking over boats and now the yes, otters are... there was one whale that got hit by a boat's engine and got yeah. really angry and then taught the other orcas the whales to you know hassle the boats yeah wow hey thanks a lot wendy great uh, segment <laughs> i could picture that all in my little brain here hey if you're still if you're listening to the show you're part of the resistance we're still here we are the seventh generation free leonard peltier now <laughs> <laughs>